Hare Krishna. This is my opportunity to glorify Lord Balaram and to give all of us an experience in Krishna consciousness. That Krishna consciousness is not just a theory, it's supposed to be an experience. In other words, on Balaram's appearance day, we're supposed to experience at least Balaram, if not love for Lord Balaram. So how to do that? Prabhupada writes in the Krishna book that the art of Krishna consciousness is the art of focusing one's attention and then giving one's love to Krishna. So our first business is to learn how to focus our attention on Krishna, whose anniversary today is represented by Lord Balaram's anniversary, because he's not different from Krishna. Now, many times we read books, and sometimes we fall asleep. As I once mentioned that when I was distributing books at Chicago O'Hare one time in America, Chicago airport, one devotee came up to me and he said, I just distributed this book. I mean, there's an actual story. I just distributed this book to a man who didn't want to take the book because he said he had insomnia and he couldn't sleep, so he couldn't read anything. But the devotee guaranteed him if he bought this book and tried to read it, he'd immediately fall asleep. He said, we have a class, and there's 50 people in the class, and as soon as we open the book, everyone falls asleep. <laughs> so the man actually bought the book. He, he sat on the seat in, in the airport, and he tried to read the book, and he fell asleep. <laughs> so these books are very powerful. But I'm going to try and keep you awake at least for, until Prashadam. Because <laughs> as Mara said this morning, we have experience of even during a class, the, the Bhagavatam speaker, the speaker actually fell asleep. <laughs> and even during a kirtan, someone fell asleep and fell over. And the sound was so loud that it woke up everyone else. <laughs> What is that? Nubrindam. Yes, Nubrindam is famous for many things. <laughs> and I have experience with one disciple of mine. He couldn't sleep, but one time during Kirtan, he jumped up and he fell asleep in the middle of the, when he jumped up. <laughs> I don't tell you what happened. He fell, obviously, he fell down. He, he broke a few things. <laughs> So this, we're trying to avoid that. <clears throat> so generally speaking, when we have appearance day, we tell many, many pastimes, and everyone wonders, you know, sounds good, but we can't remember the pastimes. Matter of fact, many times when we read, we read in such a way as that we don't remember anything. And therefore we wonder, why should I read? It's, it's not very, it doesn't affect our heart. So Krishna consciousness can begin to affect our heart when we actually see and experience, not only see with our eyes, but we can also experience with our, with our internal organs, with our mind. Our mind has all the ability to smell, to taste, to touch, to move, to hear, 
it, our mind has the ability to experience all of these different varieties. It is said that in the Krishna book, in the introduction, that the Krishna book is actually meant for everyone. In other words, the 10th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam is meant for everyone, but we have to read it in the right way. For the neophyte devotee, uh, they become attracted because it sounds like very nice pastimes of a young boy with a young girl. But if it's heard in the right way, with the right attitude, then it'll also help purify one's heart. But the intermediate devotee, when he hears the Bhagavatam or the 10th canto, he becomes enlivened and enlightened. And the most advanced devotee actually is there in Krishna's pastimes, experiencing the varieties of taste or rasa that goes on, mellows, as Prabhupada quotes it. So I'm just going to go over one pastime. This is the pastime of Dvavida Gorilla. Dvavida Gorilla. But what I want you to do, just like we have pictures here of Lord Balaram. That's Balaram over there. By case. <laughs> Let me introduce you to Balaram. He's the one with the plow there. He's white. <laughs> Prabhupada wanted the artist to paint these pictures because sometimes we don't, we're a little lazy. We can't paint the picture ourselves in our minds, so we need some artist to paint it for us so that when we see the picture, we understand that this is Lord Balaram. Now, there are different types of ways we can experience the deity. One is the deity, for instance, on the altar, made out of wood or stone or metal. Also, sometimes the deity is painted on sand. And there's a deity within the mind. So I'm going to try to help you, help all of us, paint the deity within our mind. And that's done by not necessarily just rushing through the pastime, because we, we actually have to concentrate. The Bhagavatam is sometimes full of descriptions in order to help us concentrate, to actually see, try to visualize, paint within our minds what is going on. Not only paint the picture, but smell the flowers, hear the sounds, touch Krishna, touch the waters of Vrindavan. Uh, we can do that if we make an effort to do it. We have to be encouraged to do that also. Sometimes we think, oh no, I'm not qualified to be with Krishna. Yes, we're not qualified. If we don't want to be with Krishna, then we have no qualification to be with Krishna. And if we actually want to be with Krishna, that's the only qualification necessary to be with Krishna. So let's try this. Dravida, he was a gorilla. He wasn't an ordinary gorilla. He was a very big gorilla. How big he was, I can't tell you, because I don't know. But it, because everyone else was very big at that time. But he was, he, at least I'll give you a hint, he had the strength of 10,000 elephants. Now, try to figure out what one elephant, how strong it is. A Dwarpa Yuga elephant and then multiply it at 10,000 times, and then you should understand. Now, Dwibita Gorilla is actually an expansion of personal associates of Lord Ramachandra. In Ayodhya, in the spiritual world, Lord Ramachandra has his associates, such as Sugriva, who is the king of the monkeys, and he has Hanuman, and Sugriva has two generals, 
One of them is, is Vivida, another one is his brother Minda. But they expand in the material world for Krishna's pastimes. Now, in this particular case, Krishna decided that his associate in the spiritual world, Vivida, was going to have a very special pastime. So we have to understand that Dvavita is not an ordinary personality. He was eternally a great devotee of Krishna and acting a certain pastime for Krishna's Leela. So Dvavita, he made friends with one of Krishna's children. Bad son, though. His name was Bomasura or Narakasura. When Krishna was lifting the earth, called Bhumandala. Bhuma, this earth, little tiny planet that we're on is not the whole earth. The actual whole earth is described as Bhumandalas, which is thousands and hundreds and thousands of times bigger than this tiny little earth that we're on. And Raha, in the form of a boar, came and lifted Bhumandala in his tusks. And at that time, he touched the earth, or Bhumandala, and Bhumandala became pregnant. And she gave birth to Narakasura, who is also known as Bomasura. Boma means earth. This is the earthly demon. And Narakasura, Dvavira, made friends with him and became, a, by bad association, also became a demon. Now, why did he make friends with the demon? Because he was very, very strong and powerful, and he became proud and began to, he insulted Lakshman, Lord Ramachandra's, who's Balaram, by the way, in Ramachandra's Leela. He insulted him and his associates, and he became degraded and got into friendships with the demon. Now, when Krishna killed Bhamasura, Dvavida became very angry, and he decided to take revenge. So he went to Dwarka, where Krishna was living, and he began his mischief. So what did he do? He set fires in the cities and the towns of Dwarka, in the nearby, and it was called Anarta Province. And in the Krishna book, it said the Katvar Province, Katvar Province in the Srimad Bhagavatam, Anarta Province. So just see. This big, big gorilla, everyone knows what a gorilla looks like. If not, we should all go to the zoo and we can, on a special pilgrimage, to see what Dravida must have looked like. So you have, you have a valid reason to go to the zoo. So you can use it in your meditation. And he started to set fires in all the different places around Dwarka and the villages and the towns and the industrial and the mining places and the farmers and the cow places and the cow sheds and the cow farms where the farmers, the cow farmers were milking cows and protecting them. And then he began to uproot big mountains and throw them all over the cities, starting hitting the cities with the mountains that he uprooted. In this way he just created disturbance all over Dwarka, all over the whole region there. So, also he went to the seashore 
and with his big arms, he began to wave them into the sea, and they created uh, tsunamis that would wash over the coastal towns and villages near Dwarka. So you could just see a tsunami. Now the advantage of seeing that tsunami washing over the villages is that it becomes spiritualized because it's connected with Balaram and Krishna. So this meditation, if you go on the news and you watch this tsunami, everyone knows what a tsunami is? Who doesn't know what a tsunami is? Okay. So the, if you go on the news and watch a tsunami, then you're in Maya, if you don't remember Krishna. But if you hear about this Dravida going into the ocean with its big strong arms creating a tsunami and washing over towns and villages, you, go, you become spiritualized. And the next time you watch the news, if there's a tsunami, then you can put Dravida gorilla there and Balaram there, and you'll go back to Godhead. So he used to also go to the hermitages and the, of the great saintly persons and sages and smash their gardens and orchards. And he used to pass stool and urine over the sacred arenas. You can imagine that. <laughs> yeah, it's not very nice, but it's part of the Krishna book. <laughs> it's part of Srimad Bhagavatam. So this is spiritual. Anyhow, we won't dwell on that. And he, therefore he polluted the whole atmosphere. And then he used to kidnap men and women and take them into, put them in caves and seal the caves just like a bringing in, insect takes other little small flies and insects, put them into a cave, into a hole and seals them with rocks. So you think we have problems now. <laughs> Even in Dwarka, these things were going on. And then sometimes he'd find aristocratic women from aristocratic families, and he'd forcefully pollute them by raping them. Don't worry, there's more to the story. <laughs> One day he heard very sweet music coming from Rivata Mountain. And there he became attracted to it, because even demons like good music, especially transcendental music. And so he came and he tried to see what was going on, and he climbed into the tree, because although Ravida was a gorilla, he acted, acted, he acted as a normal monkey. And he began to swing from the, the tree. So see the monkey swinging from the tree, and now you can put Balaram and the gopis there also, because that's where they were. Balaram has his own set of gopis, who when he comes, they join with Balaram. As Krishna has his set of gopis, so Balaram has his set of gopis also. And he was swinging when he hit the branches, it made a very peculiar sound. Kikila, kikila, kikila. Everyone chant, kikila, kikila. Yeah, hear the sound, hear the, the branches breaking, kikila, kikila. Yeah, this is called meditation. If we actually try to see the gorilla, see the trees, see him jumping from tree to tree, hear, try to hear the sound. That's why Krishna book says the sound is there. 
everything in the Srimad Bhagavatam is there for our experience. It's not there just to fill up words. It's not that Srila Vyasadev, he was getting paid for how many words he put into the book. <laughs> no, he's actually putting these things in the book for our meditation on Krishna. So when Dvivira saw the beautiful Bali features of Balaram, just like we see this painting here, such a beautiful painting of Lord Balaram, he became attracted by his Bali beauty, by his beautiful garland of lotus flowers, by his beautiful dress that he had on. And similarly, the young gopis were also dressed very beautifully, and they were very attractive with very nice garlands and Bali features. So he became captivated by Balaram. And then Balaram, he seemed a little intoxicated. I, I guess they offer Varuni today? Any honey? Is there any honey? Is this a, there's honey. Okay, otherwise it wouldn't be a bona fide Balaram day. No honey, Balaram would not be very happy. So Balaram was drinking his Varuni. Varuni plays a very important part in Balaram's pastimes. It's a matter of honey. So if you drink honey, Varuni especially, then you become intoxicated. So Balaram appeared to be drunken and into intoxicated, and his eyes were rolling. So Dvivida, because he was very intoxicated by his strength also, he came before the, the gopis, and he began to show them the lower part of his body. And he also passed urine and stool before them. He wasn't a, exactly a gentle, gentle gorilla. And anyhow, the gopis, as Prabhupada writes, that young girls generally take everything, they don't take it very seriously. They take it all in fun. So they all began to laugh at him. And then he came before them and he started to move his eyebrows when showing his teeth. And then he became so intoxicated that he began to take off the clothes of the young girls. So Balaram, he remembered the deeds of this gorilla, all the mischievous that he had performed in Dwarka. And he decided, he picked up a stone and he threw it at the gorilla. And the gorilla, Dravida, artfully dodged it. But then the gorilla became a little disturbed. So he started to tear up, he took Balaram's Varuni and he smashed the pot. And that was it. <laughs> that was the end of the, almost the end of the story. Because Balaram decided to kill him. Be careful with Varuni. So, Balaram took his club, Sunanda. Balaram has a club and a plow. So he took his club and smashed the demon, Dravida, over the head. And his head sprouted, exploded with blood. So just see Balaram smashing this gorilla's head and blood just like sprout, sprout, uh, sprout, sprout, sprouting everywhere. Just like when Indra strikes a mountain with his thunderbolt, manganese just flows out. 
So blood was gushing, flowing out of Davida's forehead. But the striking of Balaram with his club didn't even slightly disturb the demon. So he uprooted a shalya tree, which Prabhupada says an oak tree. This is probably, if you don't know what a shalya tree is, you can imagine an oak tree. A huge tree. Trees were enormous back then. And he took off all the leaves from the tree with his bare hands, and he took the tree and he tried to smash Balaram over the head with it. So he actually hit Balaram, but Balaram wasn't even slightly disturbed. But he took his club. Well, first of all, he caught the, the tree. And then he took his club and he smashed the tree to pieces. Little, pe- little splinters. So Davida took another tree and he tried to hit Balaram over the head again with that tree. And Balaram took his club and smashed it to pieces into little splinters. In this way, Duvida, one after another, was taking trees from the forest and trying to smash Duvida over the head with them. And Balaram was smashing the, the trees with his club until there were no more trees in the forest. And then the demon, he took help from the neighboring hills and he took big boulders and tried to smash Balaram over the head with the boulders. But Balaram took his club and smashed the boulders into little pebbles. And this went on until there were no more hills and and rocks in the area. So this is the origin of that famous sport in America called baseball. And the number one big hitter in history is Balaram. He showed how to to actually hit the the ball with the club. So at this time, when there were no more hills, no more trees, Dravida rushed at Balaram with his big, big fists, began to strike Balaram with his fists. But Balaram, he put aside his club and his plow, and he went whack. He struck the demon on his collarbone. And the demon vomited blood and fell down unconscious on the ground. And because the demon was so big, Rivata Mountain started to shake. The forest, whatever the trees in the area were left, started to shake. The lakes or the streams on the mountains started to shake. Everything started to shake. And then the siddhas, the sages from the heavenly planets, the great saintly persons began to shower flowers upon Balaram from the heavenly planets. And they shouted, and I quote, (laughs) All glories to Lord Balaram. So let's repeat this, like the great sages. All glories to Lord Balaram. One more time, he doesn't sound very convinced. All (laughs) glories to Lord Balaram. Yes. Let us offer respectful obeisances unto your lotus feet. Let us offer our obeisances to your lotus feet. 
Let us offer our obeisances unto the. Let us offer our respectful obeisances. Unto your lotus feet. By killing this great demon, Dvavida. You have initiated an auspicious era for the world. And then Lord Balaram, surrounded by his associates and the glorifying devotees and the flowers that were showering from the sky, returned to Dwarka, his capital. So the point is that actually these pastimes are going on eternally. And if we want to associate with Balaram, we can do it not only in his Balaram's appearance day, we can do it every day. We can associate with Krishna in these pastimes. That's called Leela Smaranam. And in order to get a taste for Leela Smaranam, uh, Bhagavad Gita is there, Srimad Bhagavatam is there. Uh, in order to help us learn how to concentrate our attention on Krishna and his pastimes, how to concentrate not only our attention, but ultimately when we can actually feel, when we actually, when we, our hearts are purified, and we have some af affection for Krishna, some desire to experience Krishna, then we'll actually be able to feel the presence of the deities, we'll be able to feel the presence of Krishna in his pastimes, and we'll be able to feel the happiness of the devotees also. And in order to qualify ourselves for that, if we try to make the devotees happy in Krishna consciousness, and feel their happiness, then the result is we'll become gradually more and more qualified to feel Krishna's presence in all his pastimes, not only in this world, but also in the spiritual platform. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has come here, and when he was younger with Lord Nityananda, their favorite past, they had two favorite pastimes. One was playing Lakshman and Hanuma and in Lord Ramachandra, and the other one was playing Krishna and Balaram. And Balaram, when he was when Lord Nityananda was here, he was very very expert at both these pastimes. As a matter of fact, one time when Krishna when Lord Nityananda and Lord Ram, uh, Lord Chaitanya were taking prasadam at Sachimata's place. She suddenly saw, saw them turn into Krishna Balaram and she fainted in ecstasy. So these pastimes of Krishna Balaram, Lord Ramachandra and, and Lakshman, they're going on also in the heart of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And if we join in this movement and we try to spread Krishna's glories and experience the happiness that the devotees experience when they experience the happiness are participating in Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes and entering into the pastimes of Radha and Krishna, then we become eligible also to enter into these pastimes and feel them more and more within our hearts, feel their presence. And that will be the perfection of our Krishna consciousness, that we feel Krishna everywhere, we remember Krishna everywhere, we feel his presence everywhere in his various incarnations, and we also spread that happiness to everyone and become happy by feeling their happiness too. So I'll stop there. Thank you. Any questions?
Yes. Can we explain the connection between Balaram and Lord Nityananda? Well, Balaram is, Krishna was 18, well, he's six meters tall, and he's kind of short for a Kshatriya back then. And Balaram was a little taller than him, and he was also, well, he wasn't as short. So Lord Nityananda was quite tall, but he wasn't that tall. So when Krishna comes as Lord Nityananda, he takes a form which is suitable for the time, place, and audience. But otherwise, he's Balaram. Even in, 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 in Gornitai's pastimes, sometimes he manifests himself as Balaram, sometimes he manifests himself as Lord Nityananda. So Lord Nityananda is taking the role of a devotee of Lord Balaram. So when Lord Nityananda saw Balaram in Jagannath Puri, he became so attracted by him, he became so much in love, he ran towards him to embrace him out of love. But the guards, they hit Lord Nityananda and stopped him from embracing Lord Balaram. But he is Balaram. But he's in love with Balaram at the same time. Just like we love ourselves. <laughs> As I said, if we look into the mirror, well, even what we think of ourselves which is not our real selves, but we're in love with even things we think are ourselves. But ultimately, we love ourselves. So Lord Balaram loves himself also. And when he appears in Lord, as Lord Nityananda, when he sees himself as Balaram, he also loves himself. He loves Balaram. So love is the basic principle of happiness. So love is the basic principle of the spiritual consciousness, the spiritual world, real love for Krishna. And Krishna loves himself, and he loves everything in relation to himself, which happens to be everything. And that way love expands. <laughs> so to answer your question, Lord Nityananda Balaram, they're the same person, but they manifest in different ways to ex experience ever greater love for himself. So everything that's going on is a manifestation of Krishna's energies so Krishna can love himself even more. Just like we're always trying to love ourselves more. So Krishna, he's the original personality. In many different ways, he's loving himself in these different manifestations. Prabhupada gives the example that when Krishna was playing with the gopis in the, in the Rasa pastimes, it was just like a child looking to a mirror and playing with himself. So that's what all these, this, that's what this is all about. Anything else? Yes, one more. Uh, I liked your last answer very much. I mean, completely new perspective on. Krishna's love. But what when, when Krishna says uh, that he loves his devotees more than himself, there are some things interesting. Yeah, so we should become a devotee, and then he'll love us more, more than he loves himself. But we are Krishna, Krishna's expansions. But just like you love yourself, but if you have a ni very nice, you know, little dog, <laughs> then the dog becomes a manifestation of your personality, and you love it sometimes even more than yourself. So Krishna, he, we're just like little 
pets of Krishna, so he loves us in that same way. Because he has to pay more attention to us because we have to be protected, we have to be taken care of, we have to be pleased. So Krishna has to spend more time on us than he does on himself. Even in Dwarka, when they offer Krishna so many opulent preparations, and so every day they come and bring Krishna jewels and sandalwood paste, and then Krishna distributes all these things, first of all to his queens, then to his ministers, and that way he distributes it to everyone. And if there's anything left over, he takes it for himself. Although he, these are all Krishna's energies, but Krishna, in order to experience more love, he loves what appears to be outside of himself, he loves it more, and that way his love increases. Because love is the highest form of, of happiness. If we only loved ourselves, it would be quite boring. But when we love others, and we see them in relation to, to our real selves, to the Supreme Self, then our love can actually expand much more. So Krishna is always trying to expand his love, because that's the, source of ha the greatest source of happiness. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes, and he has three reasons for coming, which is the same reasons why we all exist, by the way. Although they're confidential reasons, but the same reasons why every living entity exists. One of them to experience the love that Shrimati Radharani has. Because she loves Krishna even more than he can love any, because he loves Krishna, she, she loves Krishna more than he can understand. Her love is completely selfless and ever-expanding without any limit. The other is because of her unlimited love, she experiences Krishna's quality, unlimited qualities more than even Krishna can experience. And the other thing is she experiences because of her unlimited love, without even trying, she experiences Krishna's love for her, for her more than he can experience Krishna, her love for Krishna. So everyone is trying to experience that in the material world, find the soulmate, where you can love unrestrictedly, where you can experience their love unrestrictedly, and you can experience all their good qualities unrestrictedly. So Krishna also wants to experience that with the unlimited personality of love, the manifestation and personification of Ladini Shakti, a pure spiritual pleasure in love, Shimati Rarani. So he loves Radharani more than he can love himself, because he, but he, she is himself. So that's how it's inconceivable. But without his expanding himself as Radharani, his love would not increase and give him more and more pleasure. Anyhow, something to meditate. And when we have Jamasuni, you can meditate on it even more. Lord Balaram Kitai, Srila Prabhupada Kitai, Gaur Pramanande Haribo, Kuala Lepa. Hare Krishna, Dragi Bhakti. Sedaste vabljeni na Daršan, za božanstvi. Pol o po osmih pa sledi prasadam v šotoru. Balaram Mahaprasad. Hare Krishna, Hare Bhavl.
Vsi pa ste vabljeni na džarmastami. Naslednjen teden. Rej, Kišna.